Coming up on this episode of Complete Estate Planning, we are going to do a little something different here today. We're going to actually answer a bunch of questions that have come in from people like you from around the country that have reached out to Nick and sent in their different scenarios or situations they need a little bit of help with. We thought we'd bring those on the show today, address these situations. Hopefully you'll take away something from it that applies maybe to your situation as well and uh, learn a little bit more about the estate planning process. That's all coming up. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you on the episode. Once again, I'm Ben George. This is Nick Rosenbauer. He's an estate planning attorney and the owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office. And we got a good show for you today. Nick, I know you've uh, you've mentioned to me, and I know we've talked about it on the show, but we've had you know a number of people from all around the country that have reached out from from hearing you on the podcast and you know wanted some help with their specific situations as well. And so your idea was, hey, let's bring some of those on because they might be helpful for other people. Yeah, absolutely. And look, by the way, for for all of you listeners, we love it. Keep sending, uh, keep sending us uh, questions if you have them. Um, go to CincinnatiEstatePlan dot com. That's our website, and we do have a contact uh, us section there to submit your questions. So keep doing it. We we do our best to respond to the emails. We're not able to to get to all of them, but we do our best to. But I also um, wanted to take at least some of them that, you know, I think could, you know, some of them are very niche, very unique, but some questions we have, they're awesome questions. And I think they could apply uh, and be helpful for a lot of people. Um, so I, uh, so I decided we're going to throw a few of those. Uh, I think we got four or five of them we're going to try and get through today. Um, and so if, uh, if you hear your question, it makes, it makes you a little bit uh, famous here. So, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to go through four or five of them uh, today that I think will be super helpful for a lot of people. Awesome. Again, I'll remind you, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is where you can find everything about Nick and what he does every day to help people with their estate planning needs. And if you have questions, you can call as well at 513-463-6789. Nick, the last episode of 2023 recording today. What uh, Is it really? Plans? Yeah, wow. can you believe that? Anything? Uh, I know the holiday's coming up, but anything else going on with you? Wow, I can't believe that. Uh, <laughs> first off, <laughs> although I, I always make fun of the people who say, oh, Christmas snuck up on me uh, this year. And, and you know, just did, depend- huh? <laughs> well, right. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of depends on how comfortable I'm with, I am with them. My, my snide comeback is, oh, did they change the date? Because I thought <laughs> yeah, it was right. on the same day every year. <laughs> but here we are. Um, and uh, that, is, that is pretty wild. So we're, uh, it's getting colder. I was actually supposed to go golfing this uh, afternoon. It is a Friday afternoon. It is cold. It is raining. It is windy. And I am not a fair weather golfer. I love to get out even if it's for like nine holes. But I like to walk. And you don't want to do that if it's like raining and yeah. raining sideways. Uh, and then you get the mud all over the place. So I'm, I'm actually thinking about going to get uh, and look at uh, maybe maybe getting a, a new three wood here um, and um, finding out how all this tech, because okay, they have mm-hmm. four different versions of the same three wood and they have these adjustable weights that you can 
and the centers of gravity and you know obviously you have the like the stiff the you know the senior flex and the regular flex shaft but Mm -hmm. they have ones that are different grams and i guess certain shafts can make the ball more likely to have higher spin lower spin i don't know yeah it's ridiculous so i'm if i can get out of here i got a little bit of work to finish up uh, but i may go over there and, and and see if i can talk to someone but i don't know like these i think they're like golf club junkies or like these weird scientists they got a cool job but i i don't know rpms i just i know i can't hit my driver so i need my 3 wood to basically carry the day uh, for me so to speak so it's an investment then right well that's what i would say but i had a i have a feeling if you try to convince my wife uh, of that she would disagree uh, about it uh, about it being an investment and the weird thing is like my current three wood it's a regular flex and i swing my swing speed like everything else i have is a stiff flex and the club is like 15 years old yeah. Um, don't ask me why. I bought it used like 10 years ago and I just, I hit the thing way too well. Um, it runs off a little to the right, you know, because it's a regular flex. So it's kind of open a little bit and it doesn't, it's pretty dead. It doesn't go that far compared to, I mean, all the new technology. I mean, not every year, but after 10, 15 years, the, the stuff obviously can hit further. Right. And, it seems backwards that I'm trying to take a trying to upgrade a club I can hit very well, but it's old. Um, you know, I need something to do better, especially since my driver's like been in the penalty box for months. <laughs> um, like I actually right now I leave the driver in the garage. I don't even want to get tempted. That's um, actually and smart. I know, well, you know right, and what I'll right? yeah, and I know I can't I can't manage with that. It's like oh, all right, here we go. I'll try it one time and then, yeah, so I don't, I don't even worry about that. Um, and then, yeah, so it'll be, I guess this is my, I need, I wanted to get a golf fix in today and I'm really disappointed that I'm not going to be able to play and, and maybe emotionally I can't handle it. So I'm going to go uh, look at something here, but also it's the end of the year. Uh, I've done that before at the beginning of the year when it's like, I haven't swung a golf club in three months yeah, and you don't even feel like you can properly decide, Hey, this feels good. Hey, this doesn't feel good because you're getting all the rest off, right? It's good to be, Hey, I'm in a groove. This is how I'm swinging. It's pretty consistent. So now is a good time to make a judgment on what feels good and what works well. So How's that for a justification? That was pretty good. Yeah, right? I like that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot I got, of sense. You can, you're convinced, right? You're on my side here? I definitely have your back. Anytime, Nick. <laughs> Just let me know. Uh, well, I'm glad you have a little extra time then for the podcast. Uh, without golf this <laughs> afternoon, I'm sure that's not the way you wanted to go about it. But we are glad to have you here once again because you always provide a lot of insight for us and, and kind of peel back uh, yeah, the process that you go through with people to help them through their estate planning needs. And I think today's episode is perfect for that because we got a bunch of different scenarios that we're going to run through five to be exact questions that have come in to Nick at some point. So these are some real life scenarios and we will protect the, uh, the innocent by removing the names, but we want to present the situations and let Nick kind of talk through how he would approach it and how he did approach it just so you can get a better idea. And hopefully something here will apply to what you need and maybe answer a question or two that you have along the way as well. But if you do 
Want to follow up and ask Nick something? You can do that as well. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com or over the phone at 513-463-6789. All right, Nick, first question for you here. So how should I handle a partial ownership interest in a small business? I am not the sole owner, but there is financial value that I'd like my family to be able to benefit from after I die without messing up the dynamic of the business as my family has no interest in being involved after I pass. So yeah, we, seems like a pretty had, common scenario probably. Well, yeah, and we've had a lot of business, uh, you know, small business owners or, or business owner questions here, uh, I think, in the last few months. So, so yeah, so a couple things to keep in mind. Obviously, if you were the sole owner, this is way easier just from the standpoint of you can do whatever you want. You are the king. And it is you most likely passing to one other person and no one can tell you no. When you're not the sole owner, one, you have to get permission from the others. Um, it depend. It also depends, and I think we talked about this on our last episode, it depends on the rules of your company. I would look at the operating agreement. What does it say you can or what does it say you cannot do with your, we'll call it shares of stock? in the company after you pass away? Does it allow anything? Also, is it a, you can transfer the shares and someone else just becomes, you know, takes your seat at the table? Or is that the company will buy them out and, you know, when you die, there's a money payout? So if there's a money payout, that's way easier because it doesn't involve anyone else having to have a seat at the table or get into the business and all you have to do then is find out what the arrangements are, what you can do, so you can pick where the check goes when you die, what your payout is. And then the rest of the, the business owners don't have to worry about it. If that's not the case and someone's going to, you know, can't buy the shares out, you want to know what you can and can't do. And I'd have a talk with the other business owners, say, hey, if something happens to me, I want my spouse, my child, whomever to inherit, you know, my sweat equity, we'll call it. So how do we do that? Uh, and also, I think you should throw the question to your business partners, because what if they pass away and have seven kids and they each get one seventh of their shares? So now you have seven new business partners. Okay. So this is something that really it benefits everyone, all of the owners, to sit down and say, what are our rules? Actually, I did this very recently with a couple different companies. I said, hey, what are we going to allow ourselves and the other business partners to do with their shares when they pass away? I think it's a good conversation to have. It's a good thing to agree upon. Obviously, if there's a buyout and it's just money, that's easy. If there's not going to be money available to pay out, then the question is, who are we okay with taking my seat at the table? Okay. And and I know here in this question said they don't really want a seat at the table. So you'd have to say, how can I get paid out for this? Okay. And I think all the owners sit down. Uh, it's a great question. And frankly, Ben, it is awesome to ask this question before you retire. And then right. you say, where's my money? Exactly right. right. Now's the time to do it. Very good. That's a good one to start with. All right. Here's another one. And I can tell that they're a listener for just by the first sentence alone. Uh, I've heard all these horror stories about probating being expensive and time consuming. We've talked about that quite a bit. Oh, uh, we have. <laughs> when my mom died a few years ago, my experience was very different. 
She only had an old car and a bank account that I was already on as a co-owner. I took a few papers to the court. The clerk was very helpful. I paid a fee, and the court gave me paperwork to transfer the car a few weeks later. So what am I missing? Well, it wasn't a court around here, uh, first off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, here's, um, so I've actually heard this question a lot. This is They have express versions of probate out there. And a lot of states have them. Now, there's differing degrees of them, but most states have express versions of probate for, and sometimes it depends on the value of the estate or it only works for certain assets. Um, here in Ohio, there are different rules if there's a surviving spouse versus it's going to kids and grandkids. And like they have these express versions here in Ohio. And if it's under like $5,000, yeah, that can absolutely be done very, very, very quickly. Or under $35,000, it's a mini express version. Now, first off, in this instance, my hunch says the car wasn't that expensive, which would have allowed you to skate underneath the threshold and it looks like, and I think Ben, you said that they 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 mentioned they were already a co-owner on the bank account, so there that would not have to be probated. Okay, so the only thing you had to probate here was an old car, and in that case, it sounds like you were eligible for an express version of probate. Now, if you have actual, you know, higher level value assets, and here in Ohio, it's like thirty five thousand dollars when both spouses are gone. So it doesn't take much. Um, so I don't want that to be a false sense of security that all of these always go well. Um, I don't like to say you lucked out because there wasn't much to inherit, um, but you were able to get through the probate process very easily uh, because you were eligible for an easy button. But that is um, an un that that only happens for very low level um, asset values. So just be, I guess, thankful that the experience was uh, pretty smooth and not that you missed anything. Yeah, correct. But at the same time, it is a mistake to say this one was easy. Yeah. So I'm sure when I pass away and I got a house, a car, a bank account, a 401k, it will go the exact same way right. because it will not. Very good. I'm glad we could uh, tackle that one as well. All right. Here's another one, Nick. I want there to be checks and balances after I'm gone. I don't want anyone stealing from my children. But on yeah. the other hand, I want the guardians to have an easy time getting access to their money so they don't have to be hassled any more than they already are. Should I just make one person in charge of everything? Oh, I actually was talking to a, a new client about this yesterday. Um, so I, I think what they're referring to is obviously we have guardians, so someone will be physically raising the children so the substitute parents and we also need to decide who will be in charge of managing the money for the kids and i've and if you want the checks and balances then what you do is you don't give all the power to one person so you okay. would say you take the kids but this person's going to be managing the money and he can work with you he can work with the guardians or she can work with the guardians to give them the money they need to pay for the bills. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, difficult, uh, so to speak. Even if you do that, although it could be annoying. Uh, certainly, you could certainly say it is annoying that the guardians have to call up 
the money manager, so I'm assuming a trustee, every time you know they have money for expenses. Now, nowadays, frankly, with online banking, you know, you can just hit a button and transfer money over or say, hey, send me the link to the payment portal for the doctor's office and I'll just take care of the bill directly. So it's not the end of the world, but there are times where people, you know, it is undesirable to say they have to pick up the phone every time they want money uh, for the kids. So the other option would be have one person who's the guardian is also the person in charge of the money. Now you have to trust them very, very, very much. Okay, because you do not have those checks and balances. Let's be frank about it. If one person has all the money and the kids, it is all up to their decision making. So if you so the, the question about do you have one person in charge? If you trust them completely, and if the answer to the question who's the right person to take my kids and the question of who is the right person to make judgments and manage my children's money, if it's the same person, do it. My wife and I, we have a mix, okay? So a couple of our guardians are also in our trustee batting order, and a couple of them are not. So we have a couple things where it'll be the same person somewhere in the batting order, and we have a couple things where, well, you'll take the kids but not the money, or you'll be in charge of the money but you're not taking the kids. All comfort level, okay? Um, and I'm And I'm not going to sit here and say giving one person unlimited power is good or bad. It's all... How comfortable are you with the people you have? And frankly, what options do you have? You know, do you have good, trustworthy people here? Or do you say, Nick, I don't really have much to choose from. The less comfortable you are, I think, the more checks and balances you put in. Okay. Great question and uh, really good insight into how to come about that answer. All right. Here's another tough one. I think that uh, this, when I think of estate planning, these are kind of conversations I think a lot of people don't want to have, but this is a good one to, to bring to the show. I don't want anyone to go over the top with medical care or life support and keep me alive for no Ooh, reason. Yeah. However, right. I'm worried that my children will try to keep me alive and not honor my wishes. I don't think they can handle it. So what can I do to make sure that my wishes are honored if I don't trust them to make the hard decisions? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, man, you're... You're not making it easy on me here on Friday afternoon, Ben, I'll tell you what. Um, so a couple things. I would say the perfect answer is pick someone else who you do trust and do think would make the right decision. I do not think you need to pick the children for this job just because they are your children. I would say throw all of the family tree linkage out the window, pick the right person for the job. I am not worried about hurting someone's feelings when you're in a coma and we're trying to decide whether or not to pull you off of life support. Yeah. We can hurt someone's feelings later after you're dead. Make sure the right person is making the right call. Okay. So that's the first thing, even though that sounds harsh. Um, the second thing I would say, most states, um, in addition to having a healthcare power of attorney or a document that will allow someone to make decisions on your behalf. Most of them, either in a separate document or within the medical document, have a way for you to affirmatively make decisions regarding your care. In Ohio, we separate it out. It's called a living will. So in addition to picking someone to make decisions, you additionally 
have the ability to say, here is what I want to have happen or not have happen, you know, if I'm permanently incapacitated or brain dead or vegetative state. So whatever state you're in, make sure not only you pick someone who will follow your wishes as best you can, but also if there are things that you can do within the medical documents to state your wishes and make them known, do that as well. Okay, so the more information, the better. And frankly, Ben, I think we've talked about this before, at least who's up first for medical documents, it's a really good idea to at least have a conversation with them and say, if something were to happen, here, here's how I would want to be taken care of. And so they know, because when they are called on, let's call it what it has been, they can't ask you anymore. So yeah, pick someone you trust and then also see what, see how far you can go with it as far as making your own decisions. Okay. Very good. Let's close out with one more here. Uh, when I die, I want to leave a donation to charity. Does it make any difference what I give to them? So should I give them my car, house, IRA, investments, cash? Are there any certain tax advantages, these types of assets? Okay. Well, our, I, I was going to have a different answer until they mentioned tax there at the <laughs> end. So in, in most instances, charities just want money. It's the easiest thing to deal with. It's the easiest thing for them to get their hands on and pay for whatever they need to. Now, if it is like a historical or collection organization, obviously a museum would love to have your painting, you know, or your fossils, of course, um, as opposed to the fossil getting sold and you giving them money. Um, but apart from that, where there's like, or like, you know, the, you know, the chair, you know, the, the Corvette museum would love to have your old classic car, mm -hmm. of course. But apart from that, money is usually the best because that's what they want to do. Um, that's what they want to deal with. Now, if we're talking about after you pass away, pre-tax money, so retirement accounts, not including a Roth, so pre-tax money uh, that still uh, will be taxed when you pull it out for nonprofits that are tax exempt. You can actually get some extra mileage with your money by donating them pre-tax money because, you know, if I get a $100,000 IRA, I pull all that out, I'm paying $35,000, if not more, in taxes. So I only get the 65000 If the charity does it and they don't and they are ta income tax exempt, they keep all of it. So a lot of times pre-tax money, if it's going to a, you know, income tax exempt charity, a lot of times they get more money. Okay. So if you give the hundred thousand to your kids, you're only given sixty-five thousand. If you give it to the charity, you're giving all hundred thousand. Okay. So it's more to the charity, less to the IRS. Unless you say the IRS is a charity, in which case I would just say you can pay them more. Every year when you do your taxes, if you say keep yeah. a little extra for yourself, they'll cash the check. Um, <laughs> they won't send it yeah. back. Yeah, well, right, exactly. So, so I think pre-tax money. If we're talking a tax-exempt charity, it's awesome to do that because they get to keep more than the kids ever could. All right. Well, good one, Indons. Five, five really good questions and. I know scenarios that a lot of people might uh, relate to for sure. But if you have anything on your mind, anything you're curious about or just unsure about, 
please feel free to reach out to Nick at the Rosenbauer Law Office online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a call with Nick through the website. But if you want to call directly, you can jot down this number. It's 513-463-6789. All right, Nick, very good. We will get out of here so that you can go get fitted for clubs and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. But uh, we appreciate your time as always. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll we'll see about getting fitted. I guess <laughs> fitted implies that I am good enough uh, <laughs> that there is a club out there that will fit perfectly for me. So with my swing, if they have one that's bent and dented up and broken and rusted, um, then uh, maybe I can find one. You know, that's, that makes me think of like, buying a nice new car for a 16 year old, just getting their right. driver's license right. that, you know, you can get a, a junker that'll back into a mailbox just fine. It's probably more appropriate. So well, there's, there's some good salespeople there. So I'm sure they'll find a club that uh, they want to see. Oh, I'm sure with. they will. <laughs> I, I'm sure they'll do their best. Um, but uh, maybe I'll just go to Goodwill uh, or uh, if it's trash day uh, somewhere, maybe I'll just roll around the neighborhood, see if I can uh, 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 snag something. But, don't, uh, don't sell yourself short. Uh, I am not. I think I'm being very uh, accurate uh, in my abilities here. (laughs) Well, we appreciate your time throughout this year too, Nick. And and thanks for for everyone listening that has been a part of the show here in 2023. We we do appreciate your support and spread the word, subscribe, leave a review too. It'll help us continue to grow the show. But we hope uh, you have a great holiday season and look forward to 2024. Yeah, fantastic. Happy holidays and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.